through, and that's what we're going through this morning. So I'd invite you to open up your Bible to Psalm chapter 84. Um, how many of you have sung that song before, How Lovely Is Your Dwelling Place? Um, as he said, it's a song from the 90s. I hadn't heard that song in so long up until we did uh, once a month. We stop and do a staff chapel with all of our staff team up at Highlands. Uh, and, and we did that song during our staff chapel, and it was right during the time when Tim and Kyle were asking me, what psalm do I want to preach? And for whatever reason, it was like, that's the one, Psalm 84. Like, I have to preach Psalm 84. And I couldn't tell you exactly why I felt that way. Uh, So hopefully at some point for someone this morning, maybe many of you, maybe a couple of you, maybe just for myself, my hope and prayer is that God would stir our hearts to love him um, more than anything else, even the good things that he offers offers us in this life. My hope and prayer this morning is that we'd pursue him above all of those things. Um, Thanks, Kyle, for having me. Tim, you're probably not watching this. You're probably still in your pajamas somewhere around the world growing an awesome beard, but thanks, Tim, for having me. Uh, And elder staff, all of you, uh, it's fun. As he said, home away from home. I'm I'm honored to be with you this morning. We're in Psalm chapter 84. Um, Before I get there, I do want to ask a question uh, of you. In, in verse 10, we're going to get one of these big would you rather questions. You ever had these questions? Would you rather do this or would you rather do that? I love those questions. They're incredibly revealing of, of who people are and what people like. Um, y'all been liking the rain? Right? So here's, here's a good would you rather. Would you rather live in a place where it rains every day or live in a place where it never rains again? How many would you go rain every day? Y'all are weird. You don't like to go outside. I can see you're kind of pale. So that's, um, how about you live, live in a place, never rain again. So you can still get outside and go to the lake, play golf, do all the wonderful things that we can do outside. How about uh, superpowers? Would you rather fly or would you rather be invisible? How many of you would rather fly and how many of you are just creepy and want to be invisible? Right, so it's kind of fun. How about this one? I do these types of ones with, with, with my kids. Um, would you rather walk barefoot through a field of glass or barefoot through a field of choya cactus? Um, now, if you're all like totally city folk, um, I live in the desert. My neighbor have horses and we have choya. This is like the ones that they say can reach out and jump at you. They're called jumping cactuses. So how many of you would take the glass? And how many of you would take... The Choya Cactus. You don't know what you're, at, you're at, really you're asking for. <laughs> Take the glass. Trust me. They did it on Fear Factor. Like, that would be okay. Um, you can do it. As I said, in verse 10, we're going to get one of these would you rather types of questions, and it's phrased in such a way where um, the psalmist writes and says, man, I'd rather spend a day like on the outskirts of God's house than dwell like in the house of the wicked. And I hope that would be our prayer, that we would, over the wonderful things that God has given us in this life, we would just like to take him and him alone. So Psalm 84, I want to read Psalm 84. I'll pray for us one more time, and then we're going to hop into it. Psalm 84, beginning in verse 1, says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home in the swallow, a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise, Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. 
O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord, of God, Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let's pray one more time. God, though it's my voice that's been heard, we know it's your word that's been spoken. And this morning, we trust your word as the ultimate authority for our life. Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you'd open our minds, that we would know you, open our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you, our hearts to love you, and our mouths to respond by speaking the majesty of who our Lord Jesus is. God, as a result of this morning, would we desire you more than anything this world has to offer. Everything we do is for your glory and your glory alone. And all God's people said, amen. Psalm 84, I have three main points to guide us through our little conversation this morning. They're not on the screen and something bad's happening on our phones. That's fine. It's probably a flash flood or something crazy like that. Totally cool. I guess it's totally cool. (laughs) It's it's not. I, I pray for those who might be harmed by that. Such a great job. Uh, First thing we're going to see this morning, blessed are those who dwell with the Lord. If you're looking for a big idea this morning, our big idea is this. Living life in the presence of God is a blessed life. Living life in the presence of God is a blessed life. Now, if you want a blessed life, I think all of us do. Blessed meaning uh, it actually has some like ties back to the word happiness, ties back to the word joy, back to the word provision, back to the word satisfaction. Um, So it's this idea of like, Total happiness, joy, satisfaction that comes from God. It's this joy that never ends because of the situations that we face. I think that's the type of life that we would all like to live, that type of blessed life. And what Psalm 84 tells us is that a life that's lived in the presence of God will lead and is a blessed life. And there's three of these blessed are statements that we read in Psalm 84. The first one's gonna come in verse four. The first point is this, blessed are those who dwell with the Lord. The psalmist begins like this, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. He's talking specifically about God's house. And at this point, contextually, we're not sure if he's talking about like the temple or if he's talking about the tabernacle. Regardless, the idea we should have is if you were to walk into God's house, you'd be like, wow, how lovely is your dwelling place. Like, we wouldn't use this lingo. Like, if I came to your house and your house was pretty nice, I wouldn't be like, man, Kyle, how lovely is your dwelling place? I'd, I'd probably be like, bro, nice house. Like, that's, that's kind of what this is saying. This is like, God, you have a nice house. It's lovely. It's super, super nice. And if you study through the Old Testament, whether we're talking about temple or tabernacle, we're looking at something that's like adorned with the finest jewels, the finest gems, stuff's like lined with gold, the nicest fabrics. Like if you're really into fabrics, like God's house was full of awesome fabrics for whatever reason. And, and it would, you'd walk in there and you'd be like, how lovely. This is amazing. This is such a nice place. The most simple understanding of the purpose of the temple and tabernacle, this is where you'd go to be with God. If you were looking for where God is, you'd go to the temple or the tabernacle because God's presence was there. 1 Kings 8 verse 27 talks about how nothing can contain him. It's not like the temple or the tabernacle was the only place that God was able to be, but if you were looking for him, that's where he could be found. It's kind of like the church. 
right? As the church gathers, as we gather, we assemble in the church building, like if you're looking for God, this is a good place to be because he's here. Not necessarily that like our church building can contain him or even just the people here can contain him because he's so much bigger, so much larger, so much more infinite than that. But if you're looking for him, temple, tabernacle, church building, assemble with his people, that is where God can be found. So how lovely is your dwelling place? It's lovely because it's nice. It's lovely because it's precious. It's lovely because it's perfect. It's lovely also because that's where God is. And he's called the Lord of hosts. Pay attention to the, like the terms for God here. He's called so many wonderful, wonderful things. Verse two says this, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. My soul long, longs and faints. You know, we like to think of ourselves as physical beings who have a soul. Um, it might be really helpful to us when we look at the Bible if we actually flip that upside down. We should see ourselves as souls who have a body, not a body who has a soul. I mean, it's who we are. Our soul is, it's, it's everything. It's who we are. It's what we care. It's our desires. It's our longings. It's who we are as people. And you're saying, my soul, like at the innermost being of who I am, my soul longs for you. It desires for you. Like I, under, I understand longing and desiring. Like if you're really hungry for something, you feel like, man, I just can't get my mind off that thing. I want that thing. Um, I'm not good at holding my breath. Anyone good at holding their breath underwater? Sweet, we're all in this together, right? The first thought that goes through my head if I'm holding my breath underwater is I can't wait to come up for air. Like I'm just longing for that next breath. I'm longing to come up above the surface so I can breathe again. And that's what this is like with Jesus. My soul longs. I just can't wait to be in the courts of the Lord. And then it says it even faints. I understand longing and desiring and like really, really wanting something, but fainting for something, I've never experienced this. Makes me think of like Bieber fever from the early thousands. You remember Bieber fever? If you're older, maybe it's beetle fever. It's the same type of thing, right? But people would have these like physical manifestations. They would black out. Like these young, I was a junior high pastor for like six years and girls would just go nuts over these boy bands and stuff and and they'd scream. And you'd see this stuff on the news where they'd be so excited about being in the presence of this boy band or in the presence of this boy, like they would legit faint. Like I don't, I've never wanted something so bad that I fainted for it, but that's what they did. And that's what this is talking about. My soul longs for you, even faints for you. Like I want you more than anything else this world has to offer. My soul longs and faints for the courts of the Lord. Now here's the deal. When we're talking about the courts of the Lord, we're not necessarily talking about, I just want to go to God's house. Like, yeah, I want to go to God's house. Yeah, I want to go to the courts of the Lord. Why? Because that's where the Lord is. I want to go to the Lord's house because the Lord's there. It's not so much like I just want to go hang out in God's place when he's out. Like house sit for Jesus. Like that's not what this is. I want to go where Jesus is. My wife and I, we're high school sweethearts. We've been together since we were sophomores in high school. And I remember going to her house for the first time. And I loved being there. I loved being at her house because that's where my girlfriend was. Right? It wasn't like I, her, her dwelling place was so lovely. I just wanted to be there when she wasn't there. It wasn't like her house was okay. Like, it's no offense. Like, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. It was a good house, but it wasn't like how lovely is your dwelling place type of good, right? But I wanted to be there because she was there. I wanted to go, because that's where my girlfriend, I wanted to go to school. Why? I did not like school, not like school at all. But why did I go to school? Because my girlfriend was there. 
I wanted to be where my girlfriend was. Why would I go to these after school things? Because I wanted to be with my girlfriend. Like I, I just wanted to be with her. I longed for her. I didn't faint for her. Sorry, babe. But like I really wanted to be with her. Right? And if there was a place I knew where she was going to be, that's where I wanted to be. Not because of the place, but because of the person who was at the place. That's what this psalm is speaking of. How lovely is your dwelling place. My soul longs, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Why? Because that's where the Lord is. I just want to be where Jesus is. That's it. And I love um, Cynthia, when you prayed earlier and you talked about how, man, it's, it's great that we can dwell with the Lord right now and someday we'll get to dwell with him in like perfect harmony. Man, I long for that day because I get so distracted like in the here and now, like I long for Jesus, but I also like a ton of other things. And I love to be with Jesus, but I get so distracted by uh, my family, my kids, like my relationship with my wife. I love to play golf. Like I want to go work out. Like there's so many things I want to do that distract me from this dwelling with the Lord. And someday we'll get to dwell with him in perfect harmony. He says, my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. It's not just an internal thing, like it actually makes itself out. It happens. Not only do I long and faint at a soul like the deep desire level, but it makes itself out in the outworkings of my life. Right, my heart, my flesh, I cry out to the living God. Verse three says, even the sparrow finds a home in the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars. O Lord of hosts, my God and my King. Seems like a really weird transition. We're talking about God's house, now we're talking about birds. And not even cool birds, we're talking about dumb birds. Sparrows and swallows, right? If you've been on a hike and you saw a crow, you wouldn't be like, whoa, dog, crow! You wouldn't say that. But if you saw a big eagle or a falcon or an owl, you'd be like, whoa, look at that eagle. We've all done this if you've been on a hike. You stop, you're like, what, dude? You stop and see it because it's amazing. It's something cool. But these things... Sparrow, like no one, no one's pointing it out like that. But these are the birds that he highlights who are welcome in God's home. It's the insignificant, the birds that no one notices, that gross crow who lives on French fries and cigarette butts with one leg and an eye patch. That bird is welcome in God's house. I don't know, that was a good snort. I don't know, like, what, if, if you were to picture yourself as a bird, maybe you're like, I'm awesome. Like, I'm a pterodactyl, I'm so good, right? Or, or maybe you think, no, I'm, I'm pretty insignificant. I'm nothing. I don't know what God would want me. I don't know why he'd see me. I don't think he'd want me making a nest in his house. The beauty of this part in Psalm 84, even the sparrow, even the swallow, even the insignificant, even the seemingly meaningless, even those who feel like they're dirty, all of them welcome in God's house. Maybe you're here in God's house this morning and then you're feeling like God doesn't want you. Let me tell you, he does. He loves you, he wants you, he likes you. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this, come to me all, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come to me, all, everyone. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say, come, and the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desire take the water of life without price. If you want to be where God is, you're welcome to be where God is. 
If you want to be with Jesus, you're welcome to be with Jesus. He wants us in his house, even the sparrow, even the swallow. Not just the amazing people, not the people who have it all together, not the people who are perfect on the outside, because we all know they're not. They're just good at hiding it. We're all welcome in the house of the Lord. He wants us. Verse 4 says, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. I love that word dwell. I think it's more than just checking in. Right? I think this is more than just saying, hey God, just poking my head in the door real quick. Want to check how you're doing. Just say hi. Do my quick tithe real quick and then slide out. I'm going to get a verse, get my, my reminders on my phone for my Bible app. So I'm getting a verse a day. I feel like that's good. I pray before dinner. And none of those things are bad. None of those things are bad at all. But I think there's a difference between just like checking in with Jesus and really dwelling with him in your life. Is that you? Are you dwelling with him? Are you living with him? Are you relying on him? Are you talking with him? Are you studying the things that he said? Are you talking about him with your friends? Are you telling people about his grace? When we gather to assemble and worship, are you worshiping with all of your heart, your heart and your flesh? Are they crying out to the living God? Or are you kind of just a little withdrawn? Are you dwelling with him or are we not? This word selah, it appears all throughout the Psalms. There's um, some conversation about and some disagreement about what it really means, but I think that at the core root of it, it means pause, ponder, and praise. It happens twice in our passage this morning, and I actually want to do that. I want us to pause, I want us to ponder, and I want us to pray. Just real quick. So I'd invite you, go ahead, bow your heads, and ask this question. Am I dwelling with the Lord? If a life lived dwelling with Jesus, if that is the blessed life, does that model my life? Jesus, help us dwell with you. Help us pursue you above all other things, God. You've blessed us with so many great things. Would we not just be after the things, would we be after you? A life lived in the presence of God for your glory, your glory alone. And all God's people said, amen. The second blessed statement comes in verse five. Blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord. He says, blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are the highways to Zion, this is like the, the, it's a continuing theme all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. The believer's strength comes from God, not ourself. If you want to be strong, it's because you're strong in the Lord. You go back to Joshua chapter one, be strong and courageous, I'm with you wherever you go. Second Corinthians 12, God talks, my power is made perfect in weakness. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because God's strength shines all the more through me, blessed are those whose strength is in God. Where do you find your strength? Do you find your strength in the help, self-help section of Amazon? Do you find your strength just from your friends? And it's great to have good friends who you can, can get some strength from. Do you find um, your strength in the mirror? Do you find your strength in the gym? Do you find your strength in your success? Do you find your strength in your job or your security or, or whatever? Or do you find your strength in the Lord, who he is and what he's done and what he's done through you and for you? He says, blessed are those whose strength are in the Lord and whose hearts are the highways to Zion. Now, several times a year, these Israelites, would, they would travel the temple or tabernacle. They'd have these feasts, these festivals, and they were like mandatory. Okay, you didn't have an option. You, you had to go. Okay, this was me as a kid going to church. Like I didn't have an option. I had to go. 
But if you have to go do something, I mean, you might as well make the most of it because some people, they'll say, no, going to church is really not an option. I'm gonna go be with God's people. I'm gonna assemble at the church building and that's what we're gonna do. But they also desire it. Like it's not just this obligation, but it's this willful thing that they desired. And that's what he's saying here. Blessed are those whose hearts are the highways. To, blessed are those who, man, they just long to go and be with God. Even though it's an obligation three times a year for these people, they were gladly embraced it. And they say, let's go be where God is. Verse six, it says, as they go through the valley of Baca, Um, This is not a real place that we know of, but what he's talking about is they go through the valley of Baca, this desert. Um, Baca means like weeping or sorrow. It's uh, the difficult times of life. A couple times ago when I was here, we, we talked about Psalm 23, and though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, right? Think of that similar to that as we walk through these valleys of life. He says, as they go through those valleys, the difficult times, the sad times, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it. With pools. How many of you been on a road trip? Come on now. How many of you been to California, like San Diego, and driven through that awful, awful part where it's just desert? The highlight is the Space Age Lodge, which is not that cool through Gila Band, right? Uh, and you're going through and you're like, you, you kind of view it as, it's, I have to do it. Okay, if I'm going to get to my final death, if I'm going to Disneyland, I have to cross this wretched desert. If I'm going to the beach in San Diego, I gotta cross those weird mountains with all the boulders where you think you're gonna die because there's so many tips and turns. But here's the deal. So you view that as like this, whatever, we'll just get through it. But not these people. These people who are blessed here, they embrace the journey. They say, yeah, I'm gonna find joy in the journey because at the end of the journey, I actually meet Jesus there. So I'm gonna make the most of it. I'm going to look for God, and I'm going to go through this valley of Baca, this weeping, this sorrow, and we're going to make it a place of springs. We're going to bring some life to Death Valley. Like, it's going to be a good trip, even though we don't like where we're going, what we're going through. We love the final destination, and because of that, I'm going to live a certain way, because someday I get to be with Jesus. It says they go from strength to strength. Strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Now, typically in life, like, you go from strength to weakness, right? You start out really strong, like running a race. You're fast, 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 and slowly you taper off. And maybe, like you'll see this in the Olympics, there might be a little jolt at the end, but for the most part, it's like, bam, out of the gate, and then kind of the slow taper. But here it says if we're following Jesus, we go from strength to strength to strength to strength. Like he uses those valleys, those trials, those tribulations to strengthen us in the Lord. And someday it says we will appear before God in Zion. So blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord. Friends, where do you find your strength? You find it in Jesus or do you find it in something else? Are you finding it in your workplace? Are you finding it in a relationship? Are you finding it... Uh, in your success, are you finding it in your Instagram following? Like, what do you find your strength in? For believers, the call is consistent all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Our strength should come from Jesus. And when we do that, when we live life in the presence of the Lord and find our strength in him, it says we live that blessed life. We have that blessed, blessed life, joy, happiness, satisfaction, all through Jesus. Third thing, beginning in verse eight, we see blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Verse eight says, O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. 
Give ear, O God of Jacob. Now we see this word again, Selah. O Lord, God of hosts, God of angels. God of angels, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. And it's interesting, this like pause, ponder, and praise thing happens right there because you wonder like, what did he say that was just so impactful? God of Jacob, why is that such a big deal? God of hosts, that seems pretty significant. I mean, the God of hundreds of thousands of angels is actually listening to us talk to him. Like, I feel like one of those swallows. I feel like one of those sparrows. Yet still, God would draw near and listen to my prayer. I feel like that's something to pause over. That God wants to hear me. God wants to hear my heart. God wants to hear my hurts. God wants to hear, like, my happiness. He wants to hear all of it. He'll stop and hear my prayer. And then he says, O God of Jacob. Now, who's Jacob? You look through the Old Testament. There's like three, we'll say four, three kind of four, like really big names that happen throughout the Old Testament. We have Adam, of course. We'll say five. We're not going to count him, though. He screwed everything up. Uh, We'll say we got Abraham, also not a great dude. Isaac, another not a great dude. Jacob, again, not a great dude. And Joseph, okay, guy, but not a great dude. And it says with Jacob, it says, man, O God of Jacob, Jacob, God changes his name to Israel. Oh, God of Israel, the God of everybody, the God of God's people. He wants to hear me. He wants to hear you. So could we stop and pause and just thank God for hearing our prayers even now? God, thanks for hearing us. You love us, you like us, you want us, you made a way for us to follow you. God, I'm sure you got bigger things going on than just listening to what I have to say, but I am so grateful that you hear us. You give ear to our prayers, O God of Jacob. God, would we not lose sight of who you are, that you are the creator, the sustainer of all life. God, you're the savior of our souls. God, would we not just take that for granted, but would we take advantage of having the ear of the God of everything? We love you. Amen. Verse nine, another strange transition. He says, behold our shield, O God, look on the face you're anointed and he kind of stops and prays for their king and their king was oftentimes called their shield their protector and um, this big song this big song has been super popular this last year that the blessing song Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and that's what he's praying for here God would you make your face shine upon our king because if you bless our king if you're gracious to our king if you're merciful to our king then you'll also be merciful to us in return I love that you guys prayed for your pastor and I'd, I'd, I'd I encourage you to continue doing that. That God would behold your pastor. He'd be gracious to your pastor, merciful to your pastor. He'd give rest to your pastor because when he does that, in turn, it's like he's doing it for you. Continue to lift him up in your prayers. It says, for a day in your courts, this is our would you rather, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I love how matter of fact this is. This isn't up for debate. Like, is it though? Is one day with God better than a thousand places anywhere else? Because the way that he says it, he says, yeah, it is. A day in his courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. 
And then he kind of ups the ante. He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. How many of you went to the club last night? Good, good answer, right? But, but at the club, there's like this doorkeeper and he's not in the club. He's on the outskirts of the club. He's just by the door letting people in, right? And here, here the, the, the psalmist says, I would rather be that guy, the guy just letting people in and out not even in it, not even like in the house or partying in the house, just on the outskirts of the house. I'd rather be that guy than dwell and prosper in the house of wickedness. Like I'd rather have just a, a glimmer of being with Jesus, a glimpse of being with God than have all the success in the world, than have the best things this life has to offer. And I wonder, is that true of us? Right, because when I think of the amazing places I've I've been able to go and the amazing things I like to do, one day with Jesus or a thousands of days fishing for bass. Like I love fishing. And sometimes on my bad days, I'm like, God, let's go fishing today, God. I want to do this right now. I don't feel like dwelling with you. I don't want to, but but it's better. There's no doubt about it. It's not up for debate. It's not like this, well, let's try. No, it is. It is better. A day in his courts, a day in his presence, a day spent with God. And while it's imperfect now, someday it will be perfect completely. That is better than a thousand of the best days that we can put together. Would you rather spend a day in the courts of the Lord or thousands doing something else? What do you long for? What's your desire? For the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter one, he says this, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I can't tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that's far better. Of all the great things God's offered us in the world, the one thing I want more than any of it is just to be with Jesus. He's better. He's better than all of it. I'll close with verse 11 and 12. He says, the Lord God is a sun and shield. That's who he is. He's the ultimate provider, ultimate protector. The Lord bestows favor and honor. That's what he does. He gives us his favor and gives us his honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So what do we do? We follow with willful, faithful, loving obedience. Verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Would we trust in him this morning? I don't know about you, I want to live a blessed life. And I know we think of that in, in, oh man, that guy's so blessed. He has so much stuff. That guy's so blessed. Look how obedient his children are. She's so blessed. Look at her hair. That guy said, look at his Instagram. Look at his job. He's so blessed. But that's not the way the Bible talks about blessed. It talks about joy, happiness, stuff that's not fleeting. This relationship that comes through being with Jesus. And here, that road to being blessed, he gives us three things. Those who dwell with God, they're blessed. They're blessed. Those who get their strength from the Lord, they're blessed. Those who trust in him, not their self, not their own capabilities, their own talents and skill sets, their own job, their own ability to provide for them. Those who trust in the Lord, they're blessed. Phoenix Bible Church, my prayer for you is that you would dwell in the house of the Lord not just check in occasionally. You would truly dwell with Jesus. My prayer for you is that you'd find your strength in him, not in yourself, 
and that you trust in the Lord. And above all, may we pursue God above everything. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you thanking you for hearing us. God, we're just swallows, sparrows, nothing great. But God, you've invited us into relationship with you. You've invited us to follow you, invited us to serve you, invited us to love you. God, change the desires of our hearts. This morning, if we're longing for anything other than or something more than we long for you, God, would you realign our priorities so you would give us hearts to love you, to follow you, to know you, to serve you. And in doing so, would we find a life that's blessed, that's truly joyful, that's truly satisfied because of you and who you are, what you've done. God, we're thankful that we can dwell with you now and we do look forward to the day when we dwell with you perfectly. But for now, God, would we love you, serve you in everything we say and everything we do. And all God's people said, amen.